All right. Welcome to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. And I kind of had to think what was going on there for a second. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, I guess before we jump into things, how great is life, Brandon? Uh, life is amazing. Yeah. Football in the state of Michigan is so great that I just love watching it every weekend. And I love that we have a podcast that we have to talk about it. I know this is like, it's the climax of 2020 that it's just completely ruined our favorite sport. So I have, I have found more joy in watching the election results. And I found it more interesting than the two games. Yeah, well, we will have plenty to say about that. That is for sure. So let's start off with the one that was expected to be ugly, kind of, or maybe not be good. So it was met expectations, hashtag question mark. And that was uh, Detroit's game this weekend. And Brandon, as I already told you leading into this, I had the fortunate event on Sunday that um, I had no power. So you are going to be covering most of this content. Yeah. So take it away. Um, well, when we do an episode every single week, I make notes. And the first thing I wrote down was pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I could say that, uh, you know, the Colts beat the lions 41 to 21, man, that it was a really dull, boring game for as much points as that were scored. Um, the lions defense finally came back down to earth, <laughs> uh, man, I'm sure you're happy that I don't know if you had him playing, but Naheem Hines, he had three receptions for 54 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, I did have him playing. I say, I know he is on your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Wilkins had 20 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. Philip Rivers went 23 for 33 for 262 and three touchdowns. Uh, and then on the Lions side, uh, Stafford went 24 for 42 for 336, three touchdowns, and a pick six that was horrendous. <laughs> like, <laughs> I watched this with my, my dad, and he said, the guy's been in the league for like, over 10 years and he makes that throw like what is he thinking <laughs> uh marvin hall was the leading receiver for the lions which shocked me um uh, four receptions for 113 yards uh tj hawkinson looks pretty good again and seven receptions for 65 yards and marvin jones went three receptions for 39 yards and two touchdowns uh, which is funny because a couple weeks ago, my question was, will Marvin get over one touchdown? You said yes. I said no. And then he does it this week. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Yeah, I mean, that's really the only thing he's done all season. Like, the dude's pretty much been invisible. Kind of disappointing. Uh, well, gosh. before you I, jump into it, uh, I always say, I don't think I've actually said it on here, but I I always go with... Anybody who's playing against Detroit, put them in your starting lineup. Oh, yeah. I do that all the time. Start the quarterback, start the running back. Especially yep. with a Matt Patricia defense, you're going to want to start that running back. 
<laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the defense came back down to earth. Nobody really did much on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers had like all day to throw the ball the whole time. Uh, and I mean, he's a guy that's he's getting up there in age. He's never the most mobile quarterback in the world. He put some pressure on the guy and make him scramble. That gets him out of his comfort zone. And the Lions couldn't do that. And, you know, hopefully with the acquisition of Everson Griffin, they got last week. He had to sit out a game, though, because of COVID rules. Um, I'll get into a little more of that and why I think that's weird. Uh, hopefully he can put some more pressure on the quarterbacks because the Lions, again, are struggling with that. Um, I said it last year. I say it every year. The Lions need to draft a solid pass rusher. And every single year, they avoid it until, like, the third or fourth round. And it's so maddening. They just hope they're going to strike gold. It's, but they never I, do. I don't understand, like... Yeah, the you know the Patriots don't ever really have these big name pass rushers. They, you know, they'll have like four guys on the team get like seven sacks. Um, but I mean, the Patriot way doesn't work for anybody but the Patriots, and you can see this year that the Patriot way is really not even working for the Patriots this year. <laughs> so, I. They really need to get someone in. And Griffin, you know, as decent as he is, he's up there in age, too. Like, he's in his 30s. They got him, was he going to be here around for, like, one or two years, if that? Mm. Um, really, the only ones doing anything on the defensive side of ball, uh, Romeo Aquara, he got a sack. Uh, Danny Shelton got a sack. Other than that, like, Rivers just, you know, was fine sitting back there all day. Um doing whatever you wanted, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, notice that I didn't really mention any rushing for the Lions. Well, that's because the leading rusher on the team was Jamal Agnew <laughs> with one rush for 11 yards. Amazing. They ran DeAndre Swift six times, and he got a total of one yard. <laughs> uh, Indianapolis's defense looked pretty solid, especially the the defensive line, um, their offensive line also is very good. Um, yeah, something you really can't overlook. Yeah, I was surprised that Wilkins was the one that was able to hurt the Lions the most. The Lions really kept Jonathan Taylor under wraps. Yeah, I saw that. I, I when I was looking at stats afterwards, I was like, "Oh, they did it." Um, for the Lions, I mean, Kenny Galladay didn't really do anything because. You know, he went out, he was a little banged up, um, and he didn't come back into the game. Uh, same thing with the Colts. T.Y. Hilton only had two receptions for nine yards, but, you know, he also left the game right around the same time Galladay did. So, uh, kind of cut his production um, for the Colts on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they had five sacks. Uh, Darius Leonard, the, the the star linebacker they have, he got one. Uh, Tyquan Lewis got two, and Danico Autry also had two. Um, surprisingly, DeForest Buckner didn't have one, and he's kind of like the best 
best player on their defensive line. Mm. Um, I was actually kind of hoping that Tavon Wilson would do something just because he used to play for the Lions. <laughs> that's, usually, that's usually how it works. Uh, a player comes from the Lions, goes somewhere else, and then ends up hurting the Lions. Mm-hmm. And there's examples of that for a long time. I remember Joey Harrington torched the Lions on Thanksgiving one year. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had him on my fantasy team just for that game. So it worked out good for me. But yeah, man, just very boring game for as many points scored. Very boring and kind of what I expected the Lions to be. I know I picked them to beat the Colts. I guess maybe I fed in a little bit for the last couple of weeks and thought maybe they had a better chance. Either that or I didn't really know what the Colts were like. <laughs> now, super serious question. Does this completely destroy their playoff hopes? playoffs i never had hopes for them making the playoffs yeah there was maybe a little sarcasm maybe if they're in the nfc east the the worst division in sports right but yeah i mean that's pretty much all i got for the lions not much to talk about because it was just horrible and boring it was amazing yeah i have um when i missed watching that game i was kind of like uh well he didn't miss much (laughs) yeah wasn't the worst thing i was honestly uh with what we're about to get into i was kind of um i kind of gave up on sports for the weekend Ah, i totally get that so um yeah if you don't have anything else left we can i get uh transition into that i guess yeah i guess let's dig deeper into the pile of crap yeah Right. Um, so I think probably just to start things out, we will go ahead and uh, listen to voicemails. Uh, first of all, one, I don't want to forget to do this. Uh, second of all, we have three of them. I think it's between two different people. They're uh, regular callers. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't listened to them yet. I'm hoping and anticipating that we won't have to mute anything. <laughs> But I do imagine we'll probably have some unhappy calls. Uh, If anybody's ever interested in calling in for the Lions or uh, the Wolverines, feel free to. That's probably one of the most unique things about our show is that we have our voicemail for people to call into. That number is 551-258-3276. You have like about eh, two and a half minutes you can leave a voicemail. Um, Again, it's really easy to remember that's 551 blue bro so let's start going through these uh voicemails here then and uh see what everybody has to say fellas fellas it's been a long time let's get right to it uh y'all know who this is man Uh, you know what i'm to the point where I'm just going to congratulate Michigan State. I I, I don't want to just be angry. I didn't get to watch the game today. I was at work. But I will say this. Losing to Mel Tucker is is unacceptable. Losing to any first-year coach is unacceptable, especially when Rutgers beat this same team 
a week prior, but you know, it is what it is with that. This is this is about Michigan staff. You know, I'm not gonna put this on Joe Milton fully. He threw for 300 yards, but throwing 51 times. That come on, man, this ain't the Pac-12 or the Big 12. That, that makes no sense. Josh Gaddis, I'm not even gonna put it on him because I believe speed and space will work once they get some decent receivers. Josh Jackson and Mike Sanders still and Cornelius Johnson. I was never sold on them like some other fans are. I'm not gonna say their names, but I, these guys are little hobbits, man. They 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 can't. And Ronnie Bell. He was a two star for a reason. Like I mean, my daughter could probably be a two star, and Ronnie Bell is one, and she's got autism. Uh, and that's another story, though, man. Like he, I mean, he's just not. He 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 can't be the number one receiver. This is where we miss a guy like Nico. Nico was the ultimate mismatch because you can't teach height. He and Jalen Waddle were the only two unguardable wide receivers in college football to me. That's here nor there. Um, but well, Devontae Smith, he's a He's obviously the other one. But, man, I just – Josh Gattis, that speed and space crap. I don't know if, if he's not being allowed to call all the plays he wants. I don't know. But something is something is going on, man. And as far as Don Brown, if this doesn't tell people he needs to go, nothing to Like, Don Brown can't come back. They can win the national championship. He's got to go. I'm sorry he's got to go. Coach Harbaugh needs to be given an ultimatum. Get rid of Don Brown or you can go with him. And that's all I got to say, man. They shouldn't have lost – but it is what it is, man. Go blue. Steven. And so in a quite normal Steven fashion, we actually have two. So here comes the sequel. Hey, yo, man, y'all know who this is. This is my second call. I've had some hours to kind of calm down. You know, think about what I want to say more clearly. Not that I, I didn't think the other day, but I was I was still angry. So, you know, Don Brown got to go. You know, that ain't gonna change. I, mean, I can be, you know, I, I could I could be a lottery winner, and and Don Brown will still have to go. Matter of fact, I'd pay for it if I won the lottery. I'd pay for it. I'd like five million. Oh, cool. I got that. No problem. Let's go. I help somebody help him clean out his office, man. He, I mean, the guy still thinks he's at Boston College with those two and three stars, man. But yeah, he's got to go. That ain't gonna change. Uh, I don't really blame Gaddis for that. I, I mean. This is my thing, man. You know, I, and I, I know a lot of fans have these two two arguments that make no sense. One, stars don't matter. That's stupid. Xavier Worthy, I'm telling you, he could come in and be the number one receiver on that team. That's how bad these receivers are. Um, Ronnie Bell was a two-star for a reason. He has two-star hands, two-star talent. Mike Stemmer still and, and Giles Jackson, those hobbits, they can't get open to save their lives, man. We don't know what Cornelius can do. But let's just be real. They're not good. Vincent Green, Jimon Green, man, I don't have a son. But even the fact that I don't have a son, they still can't cover me. That's how bad they are. And these guys don't put in any practice at all whatsoever, it seems like. I don't know what they're doing on the practice field, but somebody's looking at these guys and evaluating them and saying, you know what, man, they're doing good in practice. They should be able to do this in the game. And when they get to the field, it's like, no. They're not that good. But Don Brown leaves them out there. And Coach Harbaugh does nothing. I really think Don Brown is in his last year of mission. I seriously think I, I think Coach Harbaugh has had enough of them. But he, he, it's hard to tell old people that they're about to get fired. But I don't know. I just, I just What makes me most, the most mad is that Michigan State fans doing all this talking. And Michigan State probably won't win another game. But I saw Michigan before the game, how hyped they were. Aiden Hutchinson getting them hyped. And it's like, man, 
what happened on the field? Like, why can't those receivers get separation? Why won't the cornerbacks play well? You know, the referees, they had something to do with it, but they didn't cost you the game. Like, come on, man. It's all about pride at this point, and they don't have it. That's it, man. But, you know, Michigan, they can't lose again. They just can't. I don't care. They cannot lose another game. Go Blue. All right, Steven, thank you for those two voicemails. I heard you chuckling a little bit in the middle there, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't have a son, but they still couldn't cover him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I will say this, not diving into it a lot, but there are a lot of things in the general mindset that I'm on the same page with Stephen on. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, a lot of glaring issues, a lot of, like, come on, come on, man. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that more. I mean, talking about offense, defense, coaches, players, all that and in between. Um, so let's play our last voicemail here, and then we'll jump into the full discussion. So here comes our last one. This is the Jim P19 from Twitter, and I still have a Kentucky number, but I reside in Phoenix, Arizona these days. And Saturday, what do you say? They lost to a bottom feeder. I don't care if Sparty won or not. They're still a bottom feeder. They're a horrible program with a coach who was really nothing in Colorado. I mean, yeah, they come out and that the difference in the game is they come out and they wanted it. And once again, Michigan comes out like they don't give a shit. And unfortunately, that's been my biggest complaint in the Harbaugh era is there's a lot of games they come out and they act like they just going through the motions and there's no fire in their belly, especially against, you know, the Buckeyes. So I know it's easy for a lot of the jabronis on Twitter, you know, fire this and fire that. Half of them have no idea what goes into hiring and firing a coach. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm just as bad I'm saying fire Don Brown or at least find a replacement for him. The defense that he uses, you know, he's stubborn about adjusting. It allows the cornerbacks to be out on the island by themselves too often, especially these young kids who are still, and they got eat up. Let's just be honest. They, they got tore up and, uh, they were still doing the slants and all that crap. And it may be time for a fresh look there because, Something's got to give somewhere. I mean, I've, a couple of the parents of players have told me that Harbaugh doesn't go in there and raise hell, and maybe it's time to start slamming a chair against the wall or start screaming or do something, man, because, uh, you know, I don't know when, but eventually he's going to run out of time, and I hate to see the program step back. You know, he, he has come a long way from the missing bowl days of Brady. I mean, I'm sure somebody will get pissed off at me saying Sparty's a bottom feeder, but too bad. Gentlemen, thank you for taking my call, and have a nice day. Hopefully, they can rise up and beat the Hoosiers, who are a pretty damn good team right now. Have a good week, guys. Go Blue. All right. There we go. There's the three voicemails. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate that, as always. Um, Yeah. So some some of the same thoughts, um, not uh, sharing the same views on everything with Stephen, but 
Yeah, not uh, nobody happy. That's for sure. <laughs> so I am not entirely sure where to begin. Um, with a <laughs> <laughs> basically, um, maybe I will start with this. Um, don't run up the middle <laughs> don't run up the middle when it doesn't work don't run up the middle when you have more than a yard to go and it hasn't worked all game don't run up the middle when it works running to the outside do more of that but when you have the ball and you plan on running it and it hasn't worked all game don't run up the middle um now that i got that out of the way i think in the general perspective of things um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure a majority of people, and actually it, it was really good. If you guys don't follow him, um, Scott Bell on Twitter, uh, did some polls on how people felt about Jim Harbaugh, Gaddis and Brown and Brown came back with, you know, the worst reviews, like, uh, m- most of it was leaning towards get rid of the guy either now or at the end of the season. Um, and then Jim Harbaugh was kind of in the middle where most of it was like, let him finish out the season and see kind of how things are and then make a decision at the end. And then Gaddis was, don't worry about him, kind of leave him alone, essentially. Um, give it more time. So I think a lot of people, I mean, there was talks about it at the end of last year, but this just solidifies it. Don Brown is not doing it. Uh, he came in, he was flashy. He had the cool things. He had some good players and he was able to do a good job in 2016, but then teams started catching on 2017 tanked 2018, uh, and 19, you know, some other things happened. Uh, but here we are at 2020 and you finish off 2019 horrible, horrible with Ohio state and Alabama and Don Brown talked about having to make adjustments. Like you have to, I can't remember specifically how he said it, but he's just like, you have to answer this. You uh, like, I, something has to be done about this. And here we are the second game into the season. And this is absolute crap. I mean, I I will, uh, I acknowledge and see how there are new players all over the place young players, but still at the same time, I mean, over and over again, like Steven was talking about where, you know, you just leave them out there and they get exposed. What, what are you expecting to be different? Where are the adjustments? Didn't see any adjustments. There was no pressure on the quarterback. No, what was the barely what? any blitzing. Yeah. And well, so I was like, we blitzed the crap out of Minnesota. Minnesota is a better team than Michigan state. And like, you know, Rocky Lombardi is not a good quarterback. No, and they made him he, look good. He underthrew, like, all of his passes. <laughs> I know. Like, there were plenty of times that they could have easily, like, gotten in there, broken it up, gotten an interception probably. But the dude had a 90 QBR and over 300 passing yards and no interceptions. You have, like, a 300 QBR versus Vincent Gray? That guy was giving me like nightmares of Morgan Trent. Do you remember that guy? Oh man, yeah. 
Well, yeah. it, and the it's green torched on every single play, and they just left him in there. Yeah, it was so bad. Everything was so bad. Like they completely found and exposed it, and there was no adjusting. Just like you said, they left him in there, and he uh, he went seventeen for thirty-two. I mean, it wasn't fancy completion numbers, but then Michigan lets Ricky White come in and seem like a Heisman contender putting up almost 200 yards in this rivalry game, which you can even call it a rivalry game. It did this. This was absolute crap. Like how do you let a team act and perform like this, this far in, I mean, this is the sixth year coaching the, especially the defense, you know, this is kind of a big year for Don Brown to get the crap together. And then you drop this turd. And so, you know what? I mean, you look at it and it's just like, why? Why? I mean, I, I kind of understood coming into the year on why Don Brown was still around because it's just like, okay, maybe this will change, but it's not. So, you know what? The perfect example of what Don Brown is, and Brandon, you're going to be the only person who understands this. <laughs> Don Brown is a Susan. Don Brown is that employee that doesn't, you know, do what anybody else is doing. Numbers and performance are bad and just brings everybody else down. But for some reason, the boss, the head honcho favors them and treats them special and keeps them around, even though it is causing an obvious uh, detrimental issues to the group as a whole. Welcome, Susan. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just like over it. I don't uh, even know. I'll probably talk about more how I'm going to feel about things moving forward when we get into the preview stuff, which I don't even know how long we're going to have to talk about that because, yeah, this episode's probably going to be long enough as it is anyways. But, yeah, this this whole thing was horrible. I mean, they made Michigan state look good. Michigan state is not this good. And I agree with Jim where it's just like, I, I would not be shocked if Michigan state did not win another game. (laughs) It would not shock me. Yeah. And and you know what? Michigan state fans are probably not going to care. They're probably going to be happy enough with making Michigan lose. And they're going to be like, ah, you know, I mean, it's a short season, you know, what, eight, nine games, something, whatever. But, Michigan lost, so we're happy. And I'm going to, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself maybe a little bit here. I don't want to talk about too long, but Steven saying that Michigan can't lose another game. I'm going to be like, are we expecting Michigan to win another game? (laughs) In all honesty, like there's the real possibility. Uh, Like there's so many people who are just, thinking that you know this was going to be a great year for Michigan especially after that Minnesota win when everybody was talking it up and like oh this could be Harbaugh's best team because they made Minnesota look bad on the road and it was a ranked team and then Minnesota crapped the bed that's the weekend too <laughs> so what are they expecting and so everybody talks them up everybody talks them up and I swear I I, I don't know maybe I'm wrong but I swear this team just eats what is on social media for breakfast every day. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, oh, we're so good. We're so great. We're favored by three touchdowns. This is going to be easy. 
and then they go in and they crap the bed. But Michigan yep. goes and plays Indiana, and then they might have to play home against Wisconsin. They play at Rutgers, then home against Penn State and Maryland, and then they finish at Ohio State. Comfortably, I could say I could maybe see them winning two of those games. Yeah. This could be absolute garbage this year for Harbaugh's Michigan-led teams. I am fully prepared to see them finish four and four. But mm-hmm. there's a real possibility that they might only win two more games, which I would put that as Rutgers and Maryland. Don't feel good about Ohio State, that's for sure. Not with that passing game. Not Penn no. State. Not with the talent they've got. Not with Wisconsin. They're focusing more on passing games since they don't have a running back. And Indiana, we'll be talking about here soon because that's the preview. So, I mean, how many bad things can you talk about this game? The only good thing that you can really take away from this game is they didn't turn it over. Neither team turned it over. Michigan couldn't even force a turnover. No. And then, like, on offense, Haskins is our probably our best player on offense. And they only gave him the ball eight times. Yeah, 56 yards. And two of those were stupid Wildcat plays. Mm-hmm. And now, what uh, in the heck was the Wildcat about in the red zone? You got a mobile quarterback who can, you know, he can run, he can pass. And you put your running back in at quarterback, you run the Wildcat, and you have him throw a pass. And it gets almost intercepted. Should have been a touchdown. Yeah, I'm not as hurt by that as a lot of other people where it's just like I kind of get it because, you know, it could have it could have worked. I mean, everybody saw Wildcat, oh, he's going to run it. And, yeah, that guy barely got a hand on it. Could have easily intercepted it. But that could have been wide open, too. Like, if that had been, like, a, a just slightly different and they made that touchdown, everybody would be praising that play instead of dogging on it. Yeah, now, but, you know, technically any play could have worked. True, yes. Um, but I, I'm i not as bent about that one. Uh, but I, at the same time, I do agree with you where it's just like you have mo- mobile quarterback, so why are you taking him out? I mean, he ran for a touchdown against Minnesota. Why mm-hmm. don't you try to get him to do that? Also... You're so successful at running to the outside. Why don't you do more running to the outside? Well, and it's not even so much as they went wildcat in the red zone as they did it two plays in a row. Yeah, that, yes, yep, that too. Two but plays then, in a row, like, I, I don't know. I was just completely and utterly baffled by that. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, well, another thing, though, too, is just like, um, and this has been surprising me. I mean, Haskins, I was impressed with, and I liked him uh, towards the end of the season last year. But Charbonnet, I mean, like five carries, three yards. <laughs> what were all of his? Maybe I'm. Uh, maybe this is what happened. Were all of his the runs up the middle? If so, that would completely make sense. But man, talk about rough. I mean, running backs was what we thought was going to be the good part. Now, granted, of course, a lot of that hinges on the offensive line, and there wasn't a lot impressive about that. Um, I'm not going to dog so much on bell like Steven did. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be a superstar wide receiver. I don't believe, I mean, he did a lot last year because he was Patterson's go-to guy. Like when you get a quarterback and a wide receiver chemistry, you're going to have, you know, often you're going to have good results. 
but then yeah as we were saying like nico like how would it be to have a receiver like nico um but that's kind of the thing that we're talking about like looking for like who is going to be the go-to wide receiver right now there is not one right Mm -hmm. now there's not go-to running back right now there are a lot of questions and there are not a lot of answers and there's no time in this season no bye weeks, no extra games, no extra nothing for time to really figure things out. So you're going to have to grind and you're going to have to take some losses to fi- to do that figuring out. Yeah, and I mean, who is our um, our tight ends? We got all that's pretty much like Eric Ebron. He drops easy passes all the time. And then you got Eubanks who just disappears for like quarters at a time. Yeah, he uh well he didn't even play last week, right? Eubanks was out. But yeah, yeah, he didn't there wasn't much this week. So yeah, yeah and with how in, integral the tight end position has been with you know these Harbaugh teams and everything. So yeah, no, it's just a mess. Like I I'm not and so and this is in line a lot with kind of what Steven was saying. I I won't dog on Gaddis, I won't dog on Milton. Uh, I mean, they're Milton Young got a lot of talent op- opportunity. Yes, where there's some poor decision making, that's going to happen all the time. No turnovers, you know, so it's not that bad. Gaddis, I don't know what was going on with the play calling, if he was in charge or not, but this looked completely different from the Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was all on him or what, but something weird was going on, uh, to say the very least about that. But then also uh, going back to the defense and everything, I mean, I know Michigan State usually um, hangs its hat on being a great defensive team. Uh, but so so is Michigan, especially like that's supposed to be Don Brown's thing. Michigan State put up one sack and six tackles for loss. The Michigan defense had zero sacks and two tackles for loss. Like, I don't even know how many, like, uh, is it on here? Oh, they had two QB hurries, which I feel is maybe generous because like Lombardi had all day, it seemed like, and his accuracy sucks and they made him look good. And they make, like I said, Ricky White look like he should be contending for a Heisman. They did a better job last year versus Henry Ruggs. He was playing in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> than they did Ricky White, who is a freshman. Yeah, so just I don't want to go on too long about it and everything. And the final score with this being twenty-seven twenty-four, that's that's generous. Yeah, that's closer than. Yeah, it should have been twenty-seven seventeen. Like, in all honesty, if you wanted an honest score at this game, twenty-seven to seventeen, and that might even be generous. Mm-hmm. So, no, this was just, I, I don't, there's, there's nothing here that it's just the, this, there's no wind in the sails anymore. I have no idea. I, I don't understand what is going on with the mentality of these Harbaugh teams. I don't get it. This team, Michigan as a program seems to have died after 2016. Honestly, Specifically after Ohio State, because even then that Florida State game, they seem to have died as well at the end of that season. Like, and and I say I see other people seeing it saying it too, so I'm not the only one here. But Harbaugh's not the same. He doesn't have the same like fire and attitude as he did before. And some people liked it, some people didn't. But 
you don't see things the same. You don't see the team acting the same. And it just, I don't know. It seems like a dead duck. Like we're expecting something to happen when there's no possibility of like getting past a certain point. 2015 had a ton of potential, 2016 as well, but since then, 17, 18, 19, what 2020 is looking like, nothing. Like, all excitement gone out. I mean, now it's just kind of sitting there observing it, not even really, you know, enjoying it anymore. So, I don't know. I could go on and on. I don't know if you have any specific things that you want to uh, mention you know, looking back at the Michigan State game, or <sighs> no, I'm just defeated. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm about as defeated as Harbaugh seems to be. Like he seems like a completely different guy than what arrived here years ago, like a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like that, and I think the last thing I'll say before we move along and start talking about the upcoming games, um. I'm just sick and tired of seeing wasted talent. Like this is going to suck because you know what? Milton is going to, is looking like possibly, I know it's still early, but possibly one, if not the best quarterbacks that Harbaugh is going to have at Michigan. And what's going to happen? Nothing. There's not going to be a win against Ohio state. There's not going to be a big 10 championship or anything like that. The way that's looking like is that it's going to be more wasted talent. Nico Collins came in with the opportunity to be another like Braylon Edwards. The dude attacked the ball and any 50-50 ball you threw up, he got it. He had an amazing performance against Ohio State, even though they got throttled that one year. He was a monster. He was a machine. And he walked into Michigan and out like it was nothing. He will be forgotten because he didn't do anything because he wasn't utilized. I'm sick and tired of watching at Michigan. Like, I don't know what's more defeating, seeing stupid losses like this or seeing talent come in and out the door and not be used. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So I would say this right now, though, uh, Gaddis, I like some things I've seen. Keep him where he's at. I think he's fine for the time being. Hopefully, if he wasn't having control over the play calling, he needs to again. Or whoever was calling the Minnesota game. Harbaugh, I don't know. I'm unless, unless he's willing to change, which I don't see that happening, then he needs to recognize when he's not doing the job. When yeah. he is not the best answer. Like sometimes you need to be honest with yourself and be like, I am doing more harm than good. And I think he needs to have that honest conversation with how this season is starting. Maybe I could be wrong. I will be happy to be wrong where maybe, Hey, they turn on a dime and they're like, Oh, this is the year. And they, you know, I'm not necessarily saying went out, but they, you know, make a change, make a difference. But I don't see it coming. Don Brown, unless there's a night and day change from here to the end of the season. It's like done. I wouldn't even give him that. I'd just tell him to leave. Just tell him to leave now. Well, the way the last few seasons have ended. Yeah. Just, so, just go. Like yeah. 
go be the defensive coordinator for a Mac school or a Sunbelt school. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah. Unless Michigan won out, I would say let them go at the end of the season. If it continues to be bad, I would just be like, if they have them leave during the season, I would probably not have any negative comment. <laughs> Anyways, so now we need to keep things moving along because we need to talk about the upcoming games. This is probably going to be a little bit more brief, just straightforward. Uh, we started with the Lions, so let's go back to the Lions here with the previews. Uh, Brandon, you want to talk about the upcoming game against the Mike <sighs> Vikings? If I have to. Yes. <laughs> yes, they play the Vikings at Minnesota. Wait, no, it's at Fort Field. 1 p.m. on CBS for some reason. Two NFC teams playing on CBS. Weird. Uh, Delvin Cook is by far the Vikings' best player. Uh, he had four touchdowns last week, which was awesome for my fantasy team. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are the two biggest wide receivers. Um, really good tandem. Justin Jefferson has been really good as a rookie, and I'm starting to think that if you're an LSU wide receiver, you're automatically just going to be good in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're all good. Uh, Jarvis Landry, um, Odell Beckham, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson, just to name a few. Um, a quick correction: it is in Minnesota, by the way. It is in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you know, I mentioned earlier that Everson Griffin's going to have his first game. Uh, he's a former Viking, so that'd be kind of interesting. So uh, that means he's going to grab the bed for Detroit. Oh, probably. Probably he's going to blow out his knee or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's not go that far. I hate to say that, but that's just something that would happen to the Lions. Um, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. He's a Michigan State quarterback. Um, he doesn't suck, so by default, he's better than any other Michigan State quarterback. Uh, and you know, Stafford might not play came out today that he was in contact with someone who has a coronavirus. Uh, so right now he's on the IR slash COVID list. Um, they're saying that last time he had contact with this person was on Monday. So if he has a negative test, he'll be able to play on Sunday. But it's kind of up in the air. Okay. We will see what happens with that. Um, let's see. Flowers. He's on IR. So <laughs> probably our best defensive lineman. Um, man, really not too much to get excited about. Uh, Vikings are kind of an underachieving team. They have a lot of decent players. Uh, they're really hard to figure out because they looked like crap until last week when they completely throttled the Packers, who are first in the division. So not really too sure to what to expect with this one. Yeah, two and five. They're two and five, and Detroit's three and four. So yeah, I'll say you know if Stafford plays, the Lions have a chance. If Stafford doesn't play, they don't have a chance. Yeah, but although I think. I think 
I think Chase Daniel is the best backup quarterback the Lions have had in a long time. Rock. All right, that it for your preview information? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as we said, we're going to keep it kind of quick with the preview. Uh, Then we get to move to the oh-so-exciting, we're going to have so much fun talking about Michigan playing at Indiana. So this is going to be um, Michigan now ranked 23, which I don't even know if they should be ranked playing against number 13, Indiana, on the road at noon this Saturday on Fox. And uh, both these teams are looking relatively similar in a few areas, Uh, both scoring about the same amount of points per game on average through two weeks, both allowing about the same amount of uh, points to teams through two weeks. Uh, Indiana, definitely more of a passing team than a rushing team. They have 408 passing yards in two games and only 150 rushing yards. So guess what? They're going to be passing the ball in the Michigan secondary a lot. Yeah. Yay. Vincent Gray might have to pick up his jock again. (laughs) Anyways, um, Michigan is actually favored still somehow. What? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's happening. Uh, I was talking about things after the Michigan State game, and I was just saying how I believe that Michigan could end four and four, quite honestly, um, and talked about how they still even have to play Indiana, who could make it even worse, Mm -hmm. uh, who would make it like uh, three and five. But uh, I describe indiana as electric uh they've got they look high energy and some decent speed in some areas and more aggressive than some that's kind of why i think with electric i don't think that they're dominating or anything Uh, i had some um pushback from people on twitter about that comment but i'm just like hey that's my definition and honestly if which is a very decent chance Michigan loses to them uh, this weekend, you know, they're an electric team. (laughs) So um, it is, I want to say, I think that it's a 24 game win streak that Michigan's on for this series. Yep. And so be fully prepared for that to come to an end. I mean, yeah. it just seems, just seems appropriate for 2020 <laughs> for that to happen. It's come close the last few years. Well, actually, last year, I think they had a decent, um, you know, margin of victory, but... Yeah, I mean, some of, you know, since Harbaugh's been a coach, is, you know, and towards the end of Hoke there, too. Oh, yeah. The like, games well, have been close. Indiana likes to hang in there. Yeah, most of the time, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, they are close games. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, Mich- where was the energy, interest, in, in uh, you know, hype, uh, camaraderie, focus, 
anything. Where was anything against Michigan State? And now you have to go on the road to against a team that, in my opinion, looks a lot better than Michigan State. Now, granted, again, too, and you said this. I forgot to bring this up earlier. But as you said, Brandon, that was Michigan State's Super Bowl. It always is Michigan State's Super Bowl. They are always ready. And somehow, out of the past six years, I feel like Michigan has only been ready for that game once. I don't know how it happens. So why are we to believe that somehow they're going to be like, let's pick ourselves back up. Let's get back out there and we can still do something with this season, even though Michigan State is going to be one of the worst teams that we have to face because we still have to face Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and go right on the road to face Indiana. Let's have a positive mindset. When this team has struggled so much on the mental front, you're trying to get me to believe that they can go on the road and win when they are only a three-point favorite? No. So they're going to attack the Michigan secondary, Don Brown's oh great defense, and is probably going to crumble. Do not be surprised. Um, I had some information, and I realized that I lost it because I had it pulled up on my on my laptop, and right now I'm on my PC. So yeah. Um, oh yeah. By the way, the game is on FS1, not Fox. Oh, sorry. So yeah, probably oh, won't be able nope. to watch it because I don't have that channel. No, nobody gets to watch it. Nobody, nobody wants to watch it. <laughs> so yeah, um, right now, yeah, they're. That's kind of all that I'm going to go into. I, I had a player breakdown and some players to watch and everything for Indiana. Um, but especially if the defense for Michigan keeps doing what's doing, where it's just like, Hey, we don't want to pressure the quarterback and their quarterback, I think is more capable than Lombardi was. And they have more options in my opinion, more, uh, receiver options than Michigan state. So couple that with probably Michigan, not even pressuring the quarterback. Yeah. This is going to create a very fun Saturday. So, end of that little preview right there. <laughs> oh. Yay. Yeah. So, now we get to come to predictions. You ready for this joyous occasion? Let's do it. All right. So, let's start off with uh, possibly the more exciting game. The more optimistic game lions going on the road to the vikings where the lions are the underdogs by four points uh the over under is 52 and a half um brandon uh, what are your thoughts that's uh, it's tough because i'm not sure if stafford's gonna play or not and i think Basically, the moons are going to have to align like perfect for Stafford to be able to play. And that being said, I'm, I'm going to take the Vikings um, winning 31 to 10. I think the Lions defense is going to get torched. That's uh, a possibility that Kenny Galladay is probably not going to play. And we saw what the Lions offense looks like without Galladay. And if they don't have Stafford too, then... I mean, who's going to step up? <laughs> yeah. 
No, yeah, I'd say thirty-one ten Vikings. And that's probably gonna, you know, really suck the energy out of the uh, team spirit, not having uh, Stafford there. So, all right. Um, well, I'm kind of on the same page right there with you because uh, my prediction is going to be because I'm anticipating that Stafford's not going to be in there either. Um, and even if he is, I'm not expecting a huge difference in this score, but this is what I'm going to be going with. I am predicting the Lions 16 and the Vikings 28. Um, so both of us are having the Lions not covering the spread and with the under on that. I just don't, I don't anticipate Stafford's going to be in there. The Lions have done nothing well or organized or consistent and so to lose the key piece like that, I think 16, I, I think your 10 is uh, quite on point. I think 16 is generous, um, but that is mostly just from Prater being able to kick. <laughs> so most of the time, sometimes. Uh, so yeah, mo- most likely what it's going to be is that this game is going to be completely out of reach, but Prater is going to kick a perfect game. So um, Yeah, I'm seeing now that Ian Rappaport says that... Uh... Kenny Galladay won't play against the Vikings. Oh, even better. Yeah. Perfect. So with the uh, ship sinking, let's just uh, light on fire too. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. I'm not looking forward to Sunday, to say the least. This is probably going to be another boring game, or it's going to be exciting from the aspect of the Vikings being able to do a lot and watching Cook run all over the place. So... Yep. All right. That will then take us over to college football, which we're even more excited to talk about. (laughs) And number 23, Michigan is going on the road to number 13, Indiana. Michigan is a three point favorite. The over under 54. I will start things off. All I wrote down before we started recording was loss. (laughs) I I did not know or expect what I was going to do for a prediction, but here we go. Let's go with, uh, I'm going to go. I say, let's go 16 to 31. You know, I'm kind of like hanging in the same area as the, uh, Lions game. I think that it's going to be slow. Michigan's going to be able to get some field goals at the beginning. They're going to get a lone touchdown, but then they just kind of roll over and die. And Indiana's going to look good against a anemic Michigan team who has all the life sucked out of them. I don't expect them to rally um, from their loss against Michigan State. Honestly, after a loss like Michigan State, you can't forget it. You cannot just get past it. You have to hold a grudge. Because if not, you're just going to do it to yourself again. But I, again, so much of this revolves around the mentality of the team. That's not going to change. That comes from leadership. I do not expect an immediate turnaround. So there is the loss for Michigan. Brandon, what is your score prediction? Um, no surprise here. I also have a loss. Uh, my score prediction is 27-17 Indiana. 2717. Yep. Okay. Any any thoughts on the performance? Um sad. 
Yeah, <laughs> sad face. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm expecting you know Indiana really to pick apart Michigan's secondary. Uh, the offense is going to struggle for Michigan. I have a feeling they're going to do the stupid run up the middle thing again, and it's not going to work for them. They'll refuse to go to the outside, uh, and they really won't. The receivers won't get any separation, just like last week. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a big arm quarterback that we don't let take deep shots on the field. Yeah, because there won't be opportunity. Yep. <laughs> and hopefully, and hopefully, like he is. Uh, I don't want to say the anchor, but he is like the bright point in this, you know, mess of crap. I really hope that he keeps a level head and he does not try to push things and he just stays smart. Because I would rather have a little bit of an underwhelming performance uh, as far as numbers go for him than to see him taking all these risks and make horrible decisions and, you know, do a lot of turnovers. I'd rather him be doing what he's been doing. Be smart and take the shot when it's there and don't because honestly, like he they cannot afford for him to make bad decisions mm. because even when he's doing well, not like amazing superstar, but when he's doing well, they're going to have a hard time winning games. So if he does something to mess it up, it's just going to be all that more difficult. Yeah. So there's that. And that will then jump us over to our game locks for the week. And so I do a college uh, Big Ten game, and Brandon does an NFL game. I am going to uh, go ahead and jump in there first, I guess. And I lucked out last week. And the first week, I gave Iowa the benefit of that out to cover. And then the second week, I was like, screw you, Iowa. You're not going to cover. And I was right. So thank you, Iowa, for kind of redeeming yourself for me. (laughs) Uh, I am going to go with uh, Northwestern this week on covering negative three and a half against Nebraska, though. I think this could be a decent season for Northwestern. I don't think it's going to be amazing, but honestly, with the mess that Wisconsin's going through and some of the other teams, uh, the two best teams in the conference are going to be facing off at the end of the season. You know, Northwestern, I haven't seen their whole schedule, but they could be making a push for having one of the better records at the end of the season, so... Who knows? So then, NFL, Brandon, what is your lock? Oh, I'm going to pick on the Jets again and say that the Patriots will cover the seven point spread. All right. Well, I don't think you fared too well uh, with the locks. Oh, I can't, uh, I didn't see the past. The first week, I can't remember. Last week against the Giants didn't work out too well for you, though. But yeah. Um, and last things to close it all out, we have our questions of the week, and so I will let you start, Brandon, uh, with a question for the Lions. Uh, I kind of touched on it earlier. I am going to have the question of: Will Stafford play on Sunday? And I'm gonna say no. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I'm not gonna really argue with with you there, and I'm gonna say no too. And honestly, I think we're gonna probably agree on my question as well. Um. And uh, you know what? I think I think I'm gonna change it a little bit. 
men just a little bit. So my question for Michigan football uh, is, will Indiana put up over 325 passing yards on Saturday? And so, um, oh, do I still have it open on what? Michigan State put up 323. So just to give you a little perspective. So they're going to have a worse performance, essentially, the defense. I am saying yes. Brandon, uh, what are your thoughts? Is the secondary for Michigan going to allow more than 325 passing yards? Hmm. I'm going to say yes as well. I originally was just going to leave it. I put it at 300, but I was just like, ah, that's a little, uh, that's a little bit too easy. I feel like everybody would go over on that, but 325, that's, that's a little bit pushing it. So, uh, just to go through a little bit from, uh, our predictions and everything, the score right now is sitting at Brandon. You've got five points. I have seven. So, uh, a little bit back and forth there. Um, I got my lock last week. You didn't. We both took the under on turnovers for Michigan, which there were absolutely zero in that game. You were right about the rushing yards last week, and we kind of split differences in our predictions. So as where we find ourselves. So before we end things here, uh, just a reminder, if you want to, you can either call with a reaction to a game or... Uh, something for the preview of the game coming up. We are doing just weekly episodes now. We used to do it where we would split it up into two episodes. We've just combined them together. It uh, gives us uh, kind of a main portion to focus on. This week, of course, was the Michigan State-Michigan game uh, review. So, But feel free to call into the voicemail, which is 551 551- Two five eight three two seven six. Uh, really easy because it's five five one blue bro. You've got about two and a half minutes to leave a voicemail. So, Brandon, any other thoughts before we end this? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, gonna be another fun weekend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I kind of was hoping that Michigan had a later game so that I could watch noon games and enjoy them, and then have things ruined at three thirty, but nope michigan's at noon so yeah well we normally finish off with go blue but i feel like this week is more go blue hashtag question mark <laughs> i'm ron burgundy 